the Cowboys' entire coaching staff should be fired if they lose to the Eagles. Week number 16 in the NFL is where we're going to start as we welcome you to this 436th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike and Chris here with you. Hope all is well and happy holidays to everybody out there in Unscripted land. And if you haven't completed your Christmas shopping, you've got one week. We are one week, seven days away from Christmas of 2019. So for you last minute shoppers, you've got a week. For me, I'm already done. Um, <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. Um, as we again, we welcome you to this 436th episode of Unscripted. We've decided that we'll go through our, uh, quickly go through our, each of our respective picks for week 16, which is obviously a, a, a big week in the National Football League. Eight teams have solidified playoff spots. Still four spots open between the AFC and the NFC, and uh, we can go through those scenarios as well. But um, let's go through and let's just start. We've got, and this is the beauty of the National Football League. They take advantage of no college football this weekend, and so what do they do? They throw three games in there, and uh, so we'll start on the three games for Saturday, a full docket of games on Sunday, and then the last Monday night football game of the year, hopefully, is the best one that Joe Tessitore and Anthony McFarlane have had all year. Otherwise, it, it, again, I, I kind of, you know, I, I give uh, the ESPN boys a lot of grief because I don't like the way they bring broad, they, they telecast a broadcast and, and all the other stuff. But I don't know how. I know that NBC can slot games in after it gets into a certain week of the season and they can get the better and more marquee matchups. But I got to tell you, in fairness to Tessator and Anthony McFarland, um, they have had some pretty crummy games this year to broadcast, and I don't know why ESPN gets the end of the the bottom of the barrel or whatever it is. But this weekend, as their last broadcast this year, there is no Week 17 Monday night game. So the last NFL's uh, Monday night game is this Monday, and of course it's the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings for all the all the potatoes and all the enchiladas and all everything else in the NFC North Division. But uh, let's start again on the Saturday games. We'll start at, uh, let's see, what do they call this? Raymond James Stadium down in Tampa Bay. I think, uh, you know, an interesting year for the Buccaneers. I think obviously they thought it was going to be different. They bring in Bruce Arians. They hoped it would be a more mature and a more prosperous Jameis Winston at quarterback this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It didn't quite work out that way. And has there been a more Jekyll and Hyde team this year in the National Football League than the than the uh, Houston Texans? One week they look like Super Bowl contenders, and then the next week they get blown out by the Denver Broncos being quarterbacked by Drew Locke. So I don't know which way to take the Houston Texans. All I know is that they won a big game last week in Nashville. They're one step closer to securing the AFC South Division Championship. But they've got to win this game in Tampa this week. 
and they open as three-point favorites going east to take on the Buccaneers. And I have no faith in Jameis Winston. I have, I you know, I, I got to say this. I had some good news this week in regard to J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt has not been put on season-ending IR, and somebody in the Texans organization this week said that J.J. Watt may be back at some point in time for the Texans in the playoffs. Well, I would assume that the Texans would have to win a playoff game for J.J. Watt to make it back from a blown biceps muscle. But I have really, you know, I I, I struggled with this game because I don't know what Houston's going to do every each, each and every week. I don't know if Tampa Bay has given up on Bruce Arians. I don't think that they have. But with the number being three and Houston needing this game much more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm going Texans both ways. I'm going to actually take Tampa Bay both ways here. Nice. Be- yeah, well, they're at home and they, uh, not that they've actually been that great at home, mind you, but Jameis has been playing better. He still throws too many interceptions. But other than that, he's very prolific. They've got the number three scoring offense. And Jameis Winston is the first quarterback in NFL history to have back-to-back 450-yard games. Wow! I can't believe that. That I, I can't know. believe that no one's ever done that two games in the hundred-year history of the National Football League. Jameis Winston has a record all by himself. Yeah, no one's ever done That's this amazing. until the other day. Yeah. No one had ever thrown back-to-back 450s, which is wild to me. Uh, the Bucks had a bad start to the year, and they've they had some tough. Like they started off against the Niners, and no one knew who good the Niners were going to be, and you know it was difficult there. So they've played a lot better lately. Uh, I, I want to uh, really congratulate Todd Bowles on what a great job he's done with the defense and the fact that Arians, uh, you know, is there too. I have to imagine James would be even worse without him. And uh, Shaq Barrett's been great. They have the best run defense in the league. There's a lot to like there. It just depends on the Texans. And as we've seen, they like you said, they can beat the Patriots or they can then just go and lay an egg the next week against anybody. And I think because they just beat the Titans and now they have the Titans again next week, I think this game isn't that big a deal to them. And we have seen um, with the Texans, probably because they have a shitty coach, that, th- <laughs> that they, are, they are the type that comes out flat for games that don't mean too much especially between two games that mean a lot. So I just don't expect to see the best Texans team. I think we'll see the bad Texans team, like the one that faced Drew Locke and the Broncos. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay both ways. Sounds good. Uh, The next one is... uh, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure about this. That's why I'm asking you. Buffalo um, is in the playoffs as a wild card at this point. Uh, they still have a chance to win the division. Well, that's what that was my question. This game would, if they can win this game, even though it is in the Boston area, but Buffalo and uh, their improving defense, and this is a good football team. I, I don't need to keep telling you. I've been behind Buffalo for quite a while. It's not the same New England Patriots team. I don't give a damn what anybody else says, but again, the game is in Boston. The uh, Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites. This game, I give a little bit of proper credit to the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Patriots straight up, but I think the Buffalo Bills can get within the number of six and a half, and that's why I'm taking the uh, Bills against the spread. Yeah, I'll do the same thing as you. I'd love to take the Bills both ways So would here. I, but I just... Even if Buffalo wins, it would still mean that they'd have to win next week, and then the Patriots would have to lose to the Dolphins, which the Patriots often do in Week 17, but this time the Patriots are at home instead of at Miami. And also, this is not the same Dolphins team that has upset the Patriots in recent years, even though they're playing a lot better lately. And a credit to Brian Flores. And man, he's a passionate guy. I can't believe he's gotten three wins out of the most talent-devoid roster in NFL history. 
And how bad would he love to go into Foxborough? Oh, stick it to Belichick. Whoa. So, I mean, it, it's still possible, but more than likely, Buffalo ends up being a wild card team, probably the number five seed. But I mean, hey, Bills fans, second playoff berth since 1999. They're happy with any playoff spot. They're not going to be too picky in Buffalo. And it's interesting. My wife doesn't have an official favorite team. She's cheered for the Packers, but she's been upset at them lately. So have I. Yeah. And so uh, she is saying she, if the Buffalo Bills can somehow win the division this year, she is going to become a Buffalo Bills fan and join the Bills Mafia. That sounds good. And I will have, when we get to our regularly regularly scheduled programming um, later this week, I do have a question for you in regard to Belichick and potentially Spygate too. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that at a later time. The third game, the wrap-up game on the Saturday docket of games. Um, again, I remember saying this, I don't know how many episodes ago, but this used to be one of the premier rivalries uh, in the National Football League. And when the Rams moved to St. Louis, it took a little bit of the luster away from the rivalry because the Rams were in Missouri. But when the Rams were in Los Angeles and the 49ers obviously were in San Francisco, this was one of the preeminent um, rivalries in the National Football League. And I think it's going to get back there again with Sean McVay going against his buddy Kyle Shanahan. I do believe, though, that the L.A. Rams have lost the juice in regard to the rest of this year. I think they lost it last week when they got really they got hammered by the by the Cowboys. And that surprised the hell out of me. I didn't think the Cowboys had it in them. Um, the Rams go north this time to play in Santa Clara. 49ers coming off an interesting week where they really didn't show up against the Atlanta Falcons. San Francisco comes into this one as six and a half point. And that, that loss to Atlanta dropped the 49ers from the one spot in the NFC playoff picture to the five spot in the NFL playoff picture. And, um, I think 49ers come out here a little pissed off this weekend. They've got something to prove. It's their last home game of the year, regular season-wise. And for all of those reasons, I have the 49ers both ways. This is so hard because it's... I, I can't figure out this Rams team. I know. They're, they're well, I either... Know. I know. I know. You know, and they were looking more like last year's Rams Correct. lately, even though they don't have the O-line. I thought McVay had figured it out. And then they lose to the terrible... Cowboys who hadn't beaten any winning teams right. all year. Right. So what was that? I oh, mean, I, man. I don't mean to interrupt, but I thought L.A. was on a run yeah. when they spanked the crap out of the Seahawks. I thought they were going to run the yeah, table to end too. the season there. I did too. Oh, what a shame. I'm not going to write them off yet. Uh, the Niners are awesome, and they are at home, and they are... Uh, uh, They've they, got something to prove. Well, they do, but they're missing... Well, they were missing five defensive starters last week. I don't know what's going to happen this week yet. We haven't seen the final injury report. But uh, I'm I'm going to go Niners outright and Rams against the spread. I realize this could be a Niners blowout here, but I'm going to hedge my bets a bit like that. I just, I mean, honestly, the Rams are not eliminated from the playoffs yet. If the Rams win out and the Vikings lose out, the Rams are in, right? Which is great. So uh, it, it's still possible, certainly. But uh, man, but I mean, yeah, they're going to play their hardest because this they have to win this or they're officially eliminated. Correct. No question. I just think the 49ers got embarrassed last week by a team that shouldn't have been on the same field with them. That's just my feeling. Uh, Let's move to the Sunday docket of games, and we'll start in Atlanta. The surprising Falcons, who at one time I thought were going to be in the running for the first overall draft pick in next April's draft when they were, I think they were at one point, what, one and six or one and seven. Obviously, they've, you know, gotten to less crappy. Um, they've won some games. I still think Gus Bradley will be fired at the end of the year. 
I just think that a change is needed in Atlanta. But regardless of all that, the Jacksonville Jaguars visit Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta this weekend. The Falcons open as seven-point favorites. And because of what the Falcons did last week to the 49ers, I just see more progress right now being made with the Falcons than I do with my buddy Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for a lot of different reasons, and again, I think it's the last game of the home game of the year for the Falcons, um, yada, yada, yada. The number is seven. I'm taking the home standing Falcons both ways. Yeah, so my professional money actually pushed this up from seven to 7.5. Shockingly, everyone thought Jacksonville would be so flat last week, and they really, they were until, I guess, Oakland just gave up or something. Yeah. It was 16-3 all day. And uh, Oakland went to the red zone 10 times. And I don't know what the hell they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were getting ready for Vegas. I guess. Holy man, that was the weirdest result ever Jacksonville winning last week, especially how most of the game went. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think we're going to see that again. The team knows Marone is gone. They know oh, he's a lame sure. duck coach. They know that all their most of their starters have either been traded or are injured right now. They've got nothing going on other than Minshew mania. And, uh, yeah, you got to take the Falcons both ways. They've looked a lot better in recent weeks. They've had impressive wins at New Orleans. And mm-hmm. ever since that shocked everybody, they've been playing a lot better. Their pass rush is way better. Their run defense is better. So, I mean, I don't know what all's going on there, but I'm expecting big weeks from Julio Jones and Austin Hooper this week. Let's continue on, and we'll go to the mistake by the lake in Cleveland. I'm sorry, guys, but the way you've played and performed this year, you've earned that moniker. Um, the last home game in the coaching tenure of Freddie, uh, Freddie Big Belly Kitchens, I believe, in, in Cleveland. I think he's done. I think he's done to, like, dinner. Uh, I really believe No, they, they said they're keeping him. Really? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. So much for John Dorsey. I think he's been borrowing. Uh, I think, I, I think I, there was some liquor left in the cabinet I, there I, when the drunk guy left. I did not know that, and I'm very disappointed to hear that. They 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 needed to. I think they need to rid themselves of OBJ. I think they need to rid themselves of Ke- Freddie Kitchens. I I think they'd love to rid themselves of Baker Mayfield, but that's going to be tough to do. But I did not know that the Cleveland Browns have come out and said they're keeping Freddie Kitchens. That's disappointing to me. But they're playing right now the best team in the National Football League. Baltimore comes in as 10-point favorites. This is the easiest one of the week. I have the Ravens both ways. I know it's a big number, but Cleveland is not playing well. They've given up. They're ready for the year to be over. And Baltimore is just getting warmed up for a deep playoff run. Yeah, and this is also a revenge game for Baltimore because Cleveland not only beat them but blew them out, blew them out. for right. their last uh, that's right their last, last real loss lost. I think right in yep. week four which oh, geez that's a long time ago but uh, Nick Chubb looked great in that game but man this is not going to be the same thing Cleveland doesn't have Miles Garrett anymore and these are just not the same teams that faced each other back then Lamar has obviously figured it out. Uh, this Ravens secondary is healthy and now they're elite yep. and boy, there's a lot to like about the Ravens team, all the hype and, and, uh, public money, notwithstanding, it's still, uh, it's still a great time to be a Ravens fan for sure, especially with the 12 guys picked to the pro bowl. Yep. But, uh, yeah, no Cleveland Baker Mayfield has been what we predicted and he sucks now. And, uh, maybe he always did. And, you know, after getting clearly outclassed in the, Former Heisman, Oklahoma <laughs> uh, Revenge Bowl, whatever that was, uh, by Kyler Murray yeah. completely outclassing him as a football player. Um, and then the Odell Beckham stuff. Uh, Odell Beckham was just joking that he should go play for the Toronto Argonauts or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But he did say that he he, he doesn't want to stay in Cleveland is what he's saying now. But He does? Yeah, he's, he's, oh. he said he bought a house. He didn't buy a house there just to sell it. 
So that's interesting, but... He must have been drinking the same bathwater John Dorsey's been uh, drinking. But, I mean, to me, Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens have both been disasters. Absolutely. The Miles Garrett thing has been really unfortunate because that's a great player. And, uh, you know, you're hearing about people wanting out. But, you know, and, and this is why I said that the Browns wouldn't make the playoffs when everyone else was crowning them Super Bowl champions. It takes a lot. Uh, it takes a lot of growing pains, really, to get past uh, when you've been... Uh, a loser franchise, frankly, for a long time. You can't just, as we've said, you can't just buy a Super Bowl. Nobody is, Daniel Snyder would have 10 Super Bowls bite right now if you could buy a Super Bowl. Absolutely. No, I don't think there's ever been a single team that has just completely bought a Super Bowl. You can buy a World Series, or at least at times people have. You can't buy a Super Bowl. Well, I go back to last week when we had that fun doing the uh, worst free agent signings in NFL history. And, and uh, you know, you think about the teams that were, repeat offenders on that list Cleveland Washington it's always the same guys that are trying for a quick fix and ultimately again not to sound repetitive but draft and develop is the way to go with building a team you augment with free agency because remember this folks free agents are great but somebody else didn't want them when you look at it like that the Green Bay Packers have really been beneficiaries this year of the free agent signings of Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. But the Baltimore Ravens didn't want Zadarius Smith. The Washington Redskins didn't want Preston Smith. So, you know, I'm just thinking before we get all excited about free agency, remember they were let go by somebody to make it to unrestricted free agency. Yeah, that's no, all that's I'm not, saying. That's not to say you can't find a diamond to no, the rough. But I'm just saying when you when you base your whole off offseason program on free agency, like Daniel Schneider, he wins the offseason every year. But they haven't won a Super Bowl since Joe Gibbs was, was the first was the coach the first time around, not the second time. Yeah, and I mean even if you do find one or two diamonds in the rough, you're not going to find a whole team worth and even if you did, they still wouldn't have that chemistry or familiarity that takes time to develop. So, yeah, I mean the Browns, yeah, they're better than a zero win team or a one win team. For sure. That's great, but they got a long ways to go to even make the playoffs, let alone anything else. Truck Stop Jimmy has spent a lot of money this year to be mediocre. Lots of money for truck stop. All right, so the next stop on our little list here is, uh, let's see, Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know what they call the field anymore. Tennessee field. Um, (laughs) There we go. New Orleans at Tennessee. The Saints come in as two-point favorites. The Saints have already clinched a playoff spot in the NFC, obviously. They've also obviously clinched the NFC South Division. What they have to play for, well, obviously they probably think that they're still in the running for one of the top two seeds which would mean a buy in the NFC. So this game game obviously means something to the New Orleans Saints, but I think it means more to the Tennessee Titans considering the way the Titans lost at home last week to their division rival, the Houston Texans. With that number being two and the Titans being a more desperate team, in my opinion, than the Saints at this point, I'm going to have my usually successful upset of the week on this game, and I'm taking the Titans both ways. I'm actually going to as well. I mean, coming off of an emotional night on a short week, Monday night football, Breeze sets two different records, and then you have to go and play a really tough, underrated, scrappy team. Uh, And uh, I mean, geez, it's been, what, uh, five weeks, I think, since the Saints were outside, and now they've gone on the road. They're way better in the Dome. I think this is just set up for them to not do that great. Plus, they already have the division wrapped up. I know they'd love the one or two seed, uh, there's a lot of competition for that. There's already a few 11-win teams. 
And so, yeah, I don't know. They'll they'll want that one or two seed, but they've already wrapped up a playoff spot on the division, so it's not the biggest deal if they don't get that. So, uh, and they're great at home. They'll pr- honestly, you have to expect them to if they get a home playoff game, which they are. Uh, you'd have to expect them to win in the oh, first round sure. against pretty much anybody, I think. So yeah. I, uh, I I like that a lot. So I think the Titans are really, you know, wanting to uh, play hard here. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the Titans. Sounds good. We're going to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in, in Indianapolis, easy for me to say. Carolina visits. The Colts have been one of the biggest... Uh, ro- they've been on one of the biggest roller coaster rides them and the Texans, you just don't know what you're getting with the Colts this year. I mean, they've got some great pieces. Ja'Cory Brissett one week looks like Peyton Manning, and the next week he looks like Cooper Manning. Um, I, I just I can't I can't quite figure them out. But Carolina has already made the announcement that Kyle Allen will be benched this week. They're going with the rookie from West Virginia, a young man by the name of Will Greer, who originally was at the University of Florida, transferred to West Virginia, had a nice collegiate career. But he is the quarterback this week for the Carolina Panthers. They know what they've already got in Kyle Allen. Um, so they're going to try and see what they've got with Will Geer, Greer. Excuse me. They've still got, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. But really, at this point, what do the Carolina Panthers have to play for? And I think being the home finale for the Indianapolis Colts is enough for me to feel comfortable in taking the Colts both ways. And again, the number is Indy minus seven. Yeah, I expect a lot of great rushing performances in this contest from McCaffrey and Mack. I think that they'll both be great for a number of different reasons here. And starting Will Greer is absolutely the right choice because the Panthers aren't playing for anything. Why not take a couple of games to uh, evaluate their new, their new draft pick? They have Kyle Allen figured out pretty well. He can be a good backup, but... Uh, you know, even though he started four and zero with no interceptions or whatever, he's he just he's been shown now he's been exposed a bit that he's not a starter in the NFL. I think that they probably will at least now. Whereas maybe six weeks ago, I think Cam Newton was out the door. I think now they may have to have a conversation with Cam Newton about coming back to Carolina. Yeah, they do absolutely, and especially unless I mean, but even if Will Greer is great in these next two games, Kyle Allen was great for four games. Correct. It's, it still doesn't prove anything. Correct. So I think they have to decide there. The choice is, it's unlikely to be Allen or Greer going forward. The choice pretty much has to be, either commit to trading Newton or bringing him back. And if you're trading him, then you have to commit to using a pretty high draft pick in this next draft. I think I got a bit of a, a news blurb for you news out of green bay this week and if you didn't know mike mccarthy made his off-season home well his 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 home is in green bay but even then this year of this year of unemployment for the former packers coach mccarthy has stayed in the green bay area because his kids are in school in the green bay area and yada 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 his wife is originally from green bay but the news out of green bay this week was that mike mccarthy has surfaced as one of the leading candidates to replace, um, what's his face in Carolina, Rivera. Rivera, Mike McCarthy is going to get at least he's at least going to have a conversation with David. I think his name is Tepper. Yeah. Is the new owner of the Carolina Panthers, and Tepper at the very least is going to have a conversation with Mike McCarthy. So interesting to see there. Um, where are we going next? We are going to Miami. Oh my. At one time, I would have thought this would have been the game for the battle of the number one overall pick in next April's draft. 
because this game involves the Cincinnati Bengals against the Miami Dolphins. And because the Miami Dolphins, for some way, shape, and form, with the, as Chris had mentioned so correctly earlier in our little show here today, that Miami's roster is devoid of really any NFL talent, except maybe the wide receiver Parker, who got a contract extension last week. But outside of him, the, the cupboard's a little bare in South Florida. But for the first time this year, the Miami Dolphins are a favorite in a football game. And they are one-point favorites as they host the Cincinnati Bengals in the home schedule finale for the Dolphins this weekend. The Dolphins finish next week in Boston. We know that'll be a big fat L. So for the first time this year, and I made mention of it when I sent a note to Chris last night, this is the first time this year that the Dolphins are favored in a game, and I'm taking the Dolphins both against the spread and straight up to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in South Florida. This game, you know, in a way, I almost feel like this should be easier to pick now than weeks ago when they were both uh, winless. Yeah, yeah and, and the Dolphins have been better, but there's been some good things about the Bengals. And again, we always reserve the right to change here. I'm going to, boy, uh, I'm going to say the Bengals both ways for now. And uh, Geno Atkins made the Pro Bowl. Yep. And uh, Dalton and Cordy Glenn have been uh, certainly an improvement. And lately, because of that, I think partly, Joe Mixon's played a lot better. So Belichick, like to... Belichick just called him the best back in the NFL. Wow. Yeah. Well, Belichick always likes to pick one guy on the opposing team and say something great about them. He usually picks a lesser guy, so it, that it, just whatever. But, uh, wow, I didn't. that's interesting you said that about Mixon. Yep. I mean, that's probably just, he must like something about Mixon. He just wanted Mixon to come to New England is probably what that is. Like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try the Bengals both ways for now. I'll sit on it. I can always change it by uh, Saturday uh, when we post the picks here. But, uh, oh, by the way, too, uh, I'm going to take the Colts outright and the Panthers against the spread. Sounds good. Um, where are we going next? We're going to, let's see, New York. We're going to uh, the Met. MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Pittsburgh Steelers make a rare uh, appearance against the Jets in New York. Pittsburgh comes in as three-point favorites. Pittsburgh stays with that guy, number six. He looks like Bubby Brister to me, but I don't remember what his name is. He's still going to be the quarterback even after a four-interception performance last Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. Steelers again come in as three-point favorites. The Jets, the Jets are as dysfunctional this year as they were at the end of last year. And we all thought Adam Gaze coming in, Le'Veon Bell coming in. I think the the season really started to unravel for the Jets in week one when they lost C.J. Mosley. And I don't yep. think C.J. Mosley was the same the rest of the year health-wise. And it just threw a wrench into their defensive plans. The Jets are a mess again. And for that reason, I don't care if Bubby Brister or whatever that kid's name is, number six playing quarterback for the Steelers, I don't care. I think the Steelers have a lot to play for. The Steelers are still trying to get into the postseason. And with that number being three, I'm taking the Steelers both ways. This is this seems like a bit of a trap. I like the Steelers a lot better than the Jets here. Although, and, and keep in mind, the Steelers, everyone's now down because Duck Hodges has a bad game. Duck against, Hodges, thank against you. Against a great sure. secondary. But before that, they had won, and not all with him there, but they had won, what, seven of eight games or something? Something like that. Right? I mean, they were one and four, and then they were uh, seven and five or whatever they went to. So I'm not going to buy this that all of a sudden, oh, he's terrible because he, he was better than Rudolph, and they won a lot of those games with Rudolph. 
And uh, I'm not buying that he's terrible now because he had a bad game against a great secondary. So I I do have to take Pittsburgh both ways here, but something about this feels like a trap. I don't know. Something is is wrong here. So uh, this is one of those games, I think, where the... I bet the pro... I don't know this. I didn't look, but I feel like the pros will be on the Jets plus three and will make a lot of money here. That's just a feeling I have. Sure. But, oh, absolutely. but my brain says Pittsburgh both ways, and I'm going to go with it. Let's go to Washington, FedEx Field, actually in Landover, Maryland, the New York Giants. Will it be Daniel Jones or will it be Eli Manning? It's looking like Daniel Jones. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter to me. I, I do have to say this. I was very appreciative of the New York Giants fans that gave the nice standing ovation at the end to Eli Manning. It will be Eli Manning's last home appearance um, last week when he played and led them to a victory over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Eli Manning, regardless of what you think about him, he's won the New York Giants two Super Bowl championships. Um, I don't think he's an automatic first ballot Hall of Famer, as I heard this week on first take. But regardless of that, Eli Manning deserved that warmth, that friendship, that love, if you will, from the football fans of New York because Eli has done a lot of good things for the football New York Giants. So I'm, I'm happy to say that. This week in Washington, though, Regardless if it's Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, and as Chris has just said, it looks like it's going to be Daniel Jones, I still believe that with the number being the Redskins uh, favored by two and a half points, I'm taking the homestanding Redskins. Um, I don't like the Redskins. I don't like what they stand for. But I will say this. Bill Callahan, in an interim role, has done a nice job and has kept the Redskins competitive. That's more than I can say for what Jay Gruden was doing when he was the head coach. So... In this regard, two bitter, uh, traditional, divisional rivals, and I think that the Redskins will win their uh, home season finale this week in Landover. I'm taking the Redskins both ways. Boy, this is a hard game. I mean, like, what are you oh, supposed to do with this? This is ridiculous. The Red. We've we've got a week now, which I would have thought this was impossible a few weeks ago. Even we have a week where the Dolphins and the Redskins are both favored. Yeah. Like, what do you want? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Denver, too. Well, Denver easily because they're against well, they're playing uh, against Detroit. CFL squad at Correct. this point. Right. High school team. Yeah, but Jesus is brutal. I mean, what do I'm going to go, boy, I'm going to take the Redskins outright and the Giants against the spread just to hedge my bets and try to win, get one of them right on this because this is ridiculous. And I really like the receivers and I like Daniel Jones coming back. Daniel Jones, big. Problem is ball security. He fumbles Correct. all the time. If he didn't fumble ever, he'd be looking really good right now. And Haskins, Haskins either looks awesome or terrible on a throw. Like I mean, he doesn't really have any in between. He's playing a bit better, but uh, I will say I yeah. think that that kid. And we'll talk about this later on this week in regard to the Pro Bowl rosters were released yesterday. I do think that that Terry McLaugh, Terry Mc, what's his name, the wide receiver for the Redskins. Terry uh, McLaurin. Yeah, I think he should have been on the Pro Bowl roster. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. I think he's Amazing. got he's got great potential, and I think he should have been on a Pro Bowl roster, and we'll talk about that in later episodes here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Getting back to our Week 16 NFL picks, the next place on the docket is in Denver, the Detroit Lions, who have put everybody on IR. Uh, Mike Daniels has been put on IR in the last two weeks, and just yesterday the Detroit Lions made it a format for, formally put Matthew Stafford on IR. So they've got a kid from Purdue playing quarterback now. Um, he wasn't very good at Purdue, so he's not going to be very good in the National Football League. Blau, I think, is his name. Doesn't matter. 
Uh, Vic Fangio's team is going to win. Vic Fangio's team is six and a half point favorites in this game. And um, I don't see any way, shape, or form at high altitude for a high school team to go in and do any damage against the Denver Broncos. Denver's another disappointing year in Denver, but Denver will win their... uh, We'll win this weekend, I believe, and I'm taking the Broncos both ways. Drew Locke has looked really good, and uh, I have nothing bad to say about him so far. I've been very impressed, and there's a lot of good pieces on this Denver team. The defense is still good, good running backs, and geez, I mean, there's just nothing going in Detroit. I do feel bad. I'm glad they've announced that Matt Patricia is going to get another year at least, and I think that's right because that team, without some bad luck, was 5-0, and yeah. and then everything went wrong for them, and just I, I feel bad. I hope they you know, get another shot next year and uh, maybe we'll see what he can do. But yeah, I mean, as of right now, they're not even an NFL team at this point. So uh, I mean, right now, based on like the Bengals and the Skins and the Dolphins have been playing better, uh, you know, this week's version of the Lions and maybe the Jaguars might almost be the two worst teams at this point. So yeah, you got to take Denver both ways. And remember, five weeks in the season, we were thinking with a few things that would have happened in the Lions way had had gone the Lions way the Lions might have started out 5 and 0 they could have been first place in the sure. league yeah and now they're among the worst teams in the league and that's what injuries can do to you but depth and personnel and I wonder now when you're the Ford family Martha Ford you're wondering and this is probably her hesitation in bringing back Bob Quinn next year but that 90 million dollars you spent on Troy Flowers looking a little iffy right now if you're a Detroit Lions fan that's for damn sure um AFC West battle. I put it in my 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 picks this week. The Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> against the Los Angeles Chargers. And I do need to say this about the Raiders fans last week. I was disappointed. I thought they'd be ripping that stadium apart. They didn't do anything to it. They didn't take any of the turf. <laughs> they didn't take any chairs. They didn't take the, the scoreboard. They didn't take the goalposts. They didn't do anything. I thought the black hole would just obliterate that stadium. But they didn't, and they lost. Um, John Gruden, I've never seen John Gruden look more frustrated than he did last week. Some calls went against him. As Chris mentioned earlier in this broadcast, that they they must have made 10 trips into the uh, Jaguar territory last week and got nothing. I remember. Chris was right. It was 16-3 to forever, and then all of a sudden at the very end, the Jaguars behind the porn star come back and take the last game ever to be played in Oakland. But... The Las Vegas Raiders go into Los Angeles, take on the Chargers. The Chargers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. And I'm not real high on the Chargers, not real high on the on the uh, Raiders anymore. What have they got to play for? But again, these are two bitter rivals that don't like each other. For this game, with the number being six-and-a-half in favor of the homestanding uh, Chargers, I'm taking the Chargers to win straight up. But I do believe that the Raiders can win against the spread. Man, I, I these there's so many tough games this week, but I could see both of these teams quitting and the Chargers, you really never know what you're getting, but at this point the Raiders have just completely collapsed. And so uh the Chargers, you know, fumbled uh at least five times, turned it over turned it over seven, I think. Yeah, so I mean like if you don't do that, I, I mean it could have been a different game. It was actually a close game for the first half. So I'm going to take the Chargers both ways here because yeah, the, the Raiders are I don't, totally the one thing The one thing I do have to say about the Raiders is that I don't think they've quit on, on Chucky yet. I, I got to say that. They aren't real talented. Um, they've lost a lot of good personnel. 
because they're trying to rebuild in the image of Chucky Gruden. I get all that. But I think I'm I'm safe in saying that, to my eyes anyway, I don't believe the Raiders have quit on Chucky Gruden. We will see this week for damn sure. Um, this is the battle for the NFC Eastern Division Championship. It's a battle for a playoff position. Ryan Clark, a former NFL player, now an ESPN analysis, analyst, whatever, whatever. He used to be a defensive back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, Clark says that the Cowboys' entire coaching staff should be fired if they lose to the Eagles. And I agree with that in some respects. The Eagles are beat up, man. Come on. The Eagles, all of their wide receivers are on IR. Last week, they came back and beat a very... Well, they're not very good. They came back and beat the Washington Redskins at home, and they had four practice squad wide receivers on the field in Eagles jerseys. The Eagles are beat up, folks. Now, they were my preseason choice to not only get to the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to obviously come up a little bit short, but this team has been decimated like no other in the NFL this year by injuries. And I'm not making excuses. It's just the facts. The fact of the matter is, though, Dallas is relatively healthy. Dallas has a better roster right now, top to bottom. From 1 to 53, Dallas's roster is better. Um, we know Philly's coach is better, but when you're coaching guys that are hanging out on the practice squad, you really have a tough time competing at the National Football League level. The Cowboys should win this game. The Cowboys are favored by three points to win this game. And because... I, this is hard. This was the hardest one for me this week. But I just really believe that Jerry and his two idiot sons and their coach, Jason, the backup quarterback, Garrett, I think they can get it done in Philly just because Dallas has more NFL players playing this weekend than the injury-ravaged Philadelphia Eagles. For that reason, I'm taking the Cowboys both ways. <laughs> this is one of the hardest weeks I think I've ever seen. I know. When I really look at I, it. I just, totally agree. It's just brutal. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, I I could see Philly. Man, the, the, the game is just going to be intense, you, you would think. Oh, it's going mean, to be a war. Right? It's got to be. So I would think it'll be close. So I'll try Dallas straight up and Philly against the spread. Uh, I do like Philly getting the full number of three there. But, gee, I mean, yeah, if Philly was healthier, maybe that'd be better. Uh, and uh, Dallas is coming off a big win, so they're the type that is egotistical and will think that they're awesome because, yeah, they will have more talent on the field for sure, but they are on the road and outside. Yeah, I'm just going to hedge my bets on this because I don't no, know how I, you make I, sense I, of it. You know it. what? I agree with you, but I, I and I do agree with Ryan Clark with his statement that the Cowboys' entire coaching staff should be fired if they lose to the Eagles. They're coming in again relatively healthy. Yes, Dak uh, Prescott has a bit of a shoulder issue, but he's going to play big stud like him. Um, I just think just because of the sheer manpower, the Cowboys should win this football game and what's riding on this for the Cowboys. Um, obviously, if Philadelphia wins, they've made, you know, they, they have done something that a lot of people probably didn't think that they were going to be able to do with all the injuries. But I think Dallas has more to play for in this game. And ultimately, if they don't, do what I think that they're going to do. I believe you don't wait till the end of the season. You dump the coaching staff right now. It doesn't matter. It's just you've got to start fresh. And a name that I keep hearing in Dallas, Urban Meyer. I just can't see that, though, because Urban Meyer is a control freak. And you don't, <laughs> you do not uh, control NFL players the same as you would 
on a college campus. That's all I'm saying. There's still some control, obviously, in the National Football League, but you're not going to tell you know, all these all pros that are making more money than you are, you're not going to be able to tell them, you know, here's a curfew or whatever. I just don't think a control freak like Urban Meyer would work with a control freak like Jerry Jones and his two idiot sons. But that's for another day. Next game on the docket is it. This was an easy one for me. Um, Arizona at Seattle. Um, Seattle's got a lot riding on this, folks. With their win last week and the loss by the Niners, Seattle finds himself in the number one seed in the AFC, or excuse me, in the NFC playoffs. And obviously, you want to keep that. So to keep that and to ensure that you stay there, you keep winning football games. And it would be a shame going into a matchup next week against the 49ers in Seattle that if they were to stub their toe in a game against Arizona, also at home. So this one was pretty easy for me. Seattle, yes, it's a big number. Seattle comes in as nine and a half point favorites, but the Seahawks have a lot to lose here if they were to lose this football game. And if there's one thing that that cheerleading coach Pete Carroll can do is get a team ready to play, and I think he'll do it this week against the Arizona Cardinals. I have the Seahawks both ways. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks both ways too. As long as you have Russell Wilson, I, th- I think that uh, you know that that team is way better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals just aren't a very good team, and well, the Seahawks are the most overrated team of all time this year. Uh, as long as you have Russell Wilson uh, at home, especially, I mean, they're going to be fine. I'll take the Seahawks both ways here. The Sunday night game kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought the NFL would flex this, especially after the Bears lost to Green Bay last week. I really believe Kansas City and Chicago, if they were playing last year at this time, certainly it's a Sunday night game, and that's why it was put into this position. But I thought there would have been a flex and a push to have Dallas and Philly flexed to the Sunday night game just because of the, of the importance of the game. Kansas City's already in. Chicago's already been eliminated with their loss last week, and then when the Rams lost as well, that officially eliminated the Chicago Bears. Kansas City comes in as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Kansas City has everything that they can get clinched pretty much. I think that they, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Kansas City could still get to a number two seed, but a lot of things have to happen for them to get to that number two seed. Um, number one, I think, in the AFC, obviously, is wrapped up in, the, in for the Baltimore Ravens. But I think in this game, Chicago's still a prideful team. Matt Nagy came from Kansas City when he took the job in Chicago. He coached under uh, Andy Reid, was his offensive coordinator. I think that the Bears will show up for this game. And for those reasons, I'm having the Chiefs. I'm Excuse me, I'm having. I'm taking the Chiefs straight up, but I'm taking the Bears against the spread. That's probably the smarter way to do it, but I'm going to take the Chiefs both ways here. But it is interesting that, yeah, you could have a fight for the division, but it's such a crappy division and neither team really deserves to be in the playoffs that the NBC brain trust must have just said, you know what, we'd rather just have Mahomes. Yeah, We'd and, rather just tell people, hey, come watch Patrick Mahomes Let me Mahomes ask play. you this. Do you think that there was some consideration by the folks at NBC that they had already had a Sunday night game between Dallas and Philly? They didn't want to do it again. I don't oh, know. Maybe that's possible, but I think the bigger consideration is look, this everyone knows these teams are a joke and they'd rather just have a superstar like Mahomes. That's it. Fair enough. Um well, I'm biased as we all know. Everybody knows. This isn't something new here on episode 436 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris that Mike is biased. Mike is biased toward the Green Bay Packers. 
Mike is also speaking in the third person right now for whatever reason, I don't know. But I have also said the Green Bay Packers are soft. I think the Green Bay Packers underperformed against the New York Giants and then the Washington Redskins. And then last week, they were up 21-3. to And then for some reason, they let up on the gas and let the Chicago Bears get back in the game and almost lost the game at the very end. Um, Green Bay is still soft, folks. I don't know what the problem... Well, I do know what the problem is. Um, Aaron Rodgers needs some more weapons to throw to. There's no question. I will have a long diatribe about Aaron Rodgers getting his eighth selection to the Pro Bowl uh, in later episodes this week of Unscripted. But Green Bay and Minnesota, they, they meet on Monday night. The winner takes the NFC North division. The Vikings come in as four-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's wrong. I, 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 let me, miss, let me uh, restate that. For the Vikings to win the NFC North, they not only have to beat Green Bay, but then they have to hope Green Bay loses against Detroit the following Week 17. If Green Bay loses to Minnesota, they still can win the NFC North because of their better interdivision conference record. The Packers have not lost against a conference opponent this or a division opponent this year. So the Packers have the better divisional record, and that would be the difference. So the Packers can still win the division if they lose on Monday night in Minnesota. But if the Vikings win Monday and the Packers lose in Detroit the following Sunday and the Vikings win when they play the Bears, they, they end the year in Minneapolis against the Bears, um, Minnesota would win the NFC North Division. Having said all that, I think the Vikings win the football game. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. But, but the, these two teams are bitter, ugly rivals. They uh, are, are perpetual gnats in each other's side. Um, and I think for everything riding on this game, and the Packers need to beat somebody credibly here, folks. They need to beat somebody that on paper is a better team than they are. They need to do that this week. And I think they're not going to win the game straight up, but I think the Packers can come within four and a half. I agree. I'll take Minnesota at home and then the Vikings plus the points. I mean, getting that many points for Aaron Rodgers is good. I, and I know Aaron hasn't been uh, as good as he should be maybe or could be this year for whatever reason, especially since his O-line's been pretty good. You're, you were right about that Elgton Jenkins. He's been fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. And then the tackles are both great. So And Belaga's mostly played, so... I don't know why Aaron hasn't been. I guess, in fairness, other than Adams, who's been hurt a lot. Well, we, our wide receiver core is is Devontae Adams and a bunch of ham and eggs. Well, and, and Kumro's played okay. Lazard has even had a couple of good yeah. games. But I have to say, Valdez, Scantling, and Allison need to go. No question. They're terrible. They, they need to be released as soon as the season's over. They've given them enough of an opportunity, and they haven't taken the opportunity and run with it. And um, that opening play last Sunday which would have been a 75-yard touchdown pass to open the game. It was right in Scantling's hands, and he drops it. And then he never he never saw another pass the rest of the game. In fact, he only played six snaps the rest of the game. Uh, MVS is out in Green Bay. I don't know what's wrong with Geronimo Allison. He can't be trusted to catch the football. When you're going to a guy that up until his time as a member of the Green Bay Packers, the highest level this guy played at was at divisional Division Three. University of Wisconsin, Whitewater, Kumaro. And he's getting more reps than MVS. And he's getting more reps than Geronimo Allison. And I'll tell you one thing, folks. 
Aaron Rodgers has a lot more confidence in Kumaro, Jake Kumaro, than he does in MVS or Geronimo Allison right now. You can just tell. He has no confidence in Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham can't stay upright on the field. Jimmy Graham goes to either side and slips all the time. Jimmy Graham, if Jimmy Graham is on an NFL roster next year, it's because he took a massive pay cut. And if he's in Green Bay next year, Brian Gutekunst isn't as a wonder kid as we think. You've got to cut the ties with Jimmy Graham. You've got to cut the ties with MVS. You've got to cut the ties with Geronimo Allison. And like the last number of years in Green Bay where we've dedicated a lot of draft capital to defense, the Packers had better goddamn devote some draft capital to a wide receiver and a tight end because they are desperately needed in the NFL's smallest city. We've got a run on this 436th episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for joining us and hope that you continue to do so. The rest of the week is coming up. We'll get into a lot of different topics, a lot of things to talk about. We've got the National Football League, more in the NFL to talk about, National Hockey League. We've got some college news to talk about. We've got a bunch of things to talk about. We've got some overpaid baseball players to talk about. We'll get to all of it as soon as we put a wrap here on episode number 436. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.